What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the Bulls win last night over the Atlanta Hawks. We'll be breaking down DeMar's game, how Tristan Thompson played in this first game being a Bull. Also talking about some of the Bulls' faults that almost cost them this game. Asking, where's DeMar MVP voting? And previewing the game that we have coming up Saturday against the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, the Bulls had a win last night, and there's a lot of positives to take out of that game, but there are also some negatives to take out of and just some things to look out for. We're breaking down both of those things over the course of this conversation. The first thing that we definitely want to start off with is DeMar, the night that DeMar DeRozan had. DeMar just keeps doing it, keeps doing it. Uh, 15 for 21 shooting, two for three for, for this game for DeMar. He ends the game with 37 points, and he keeps his streak going on of having the over 50% shooting, scoring over 35 points. This is this is a historic stretch that we're seeing DeMar DeRozan on. He came up big in the fourth quarter for us, getting basically what turned into the game-winning basket. Now, Javante Green did have some free throws uh, to end that, but overall, what DeMar does is, is amazing. He was the, the steady hand for us, the Atlanta Hawks, um, you know, they tried their best to stop DeMar. DeMar knew that that double team was coming. And at the end of the day, DeMar did what he what needed to be done. And he still made the basket that put the Bulls up in a, t in a game that I feel shouldn't have been as close as what it was uh, down the stretch there. But I'll get into that. But overall, DeMar's contribution in this game was huge. Another huge contribution that we had was Io's defense on Trey Young. Listen, I, Shay in the, in the chat says it a lot, right? And at the end of the day, you just some things are just true. And one thing that's true is that Whatever Io does to Trey Young, he gets in Trey Young's head. You can see Trey Young getting frustrated over the course of this game. Frustrated, I'm sure, with his performance, but also with the fact that he just could not do anything with Io. Io playing with foul trouble. Kobe was playing foul trouble. We'll get into Kobe as well. But Trey Young, three for seven, over five from from the three point line. The refs really did try to save Trey Young in this game. There were times in which Trey Young. He would miss a shot, and then the refs would call fouls. Not really in, in the process thing, but, you know, conspiracy theories aside, well, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just facts. But with, with all that being said, Io's contribution in this game and then also co contributing double-digit points, um, like I said, with playing, with foul trouble, all those things are key for, for Io Desumu. Ten points, uh, six rebounds, three assists, three blocks from Io Desumu, um, and a positive plus-minus of plus-12. That's what you want to see in this game. Um, and, and Trey Young did his thing. He has he possibly has a big test coming up, which we'll talk about coming up in Memphis. But Io DeSumo's continued growth, his poise, right? The, the fact that uh, Io told Javante Green that he was not going to switch on the Gallinari, um, Trey Young pick and roll, all those things. This is We're seeing the making of a player that is just going to be so great for this team for years to come. And I know that that conversation has been had a lot. I know that we say that a lot. But at the end of the day, it's just true what Io is turning into and how he's developing over the course from the, the first game of the season, hell, from preseason till now, he's really had what for some players are a season and a half's worth, worth of growth already. And that's that you don't want to, that, that's not to be taken lightly. Io is going to be a great player for this team. And I'm, I, for one, am happy with his growth, happy with the fact that he's, he's learning, right? that he, he doesn't shy away from the big moments. Now, with the shooting sometimes, but his defense is, is one thing that you can always bet on him with, and he definitely made Trey Young his uh, his son in last night's game, and so that was a great thing to see. Another thing that I know Bulls fans are going to be interested in talking about is Tristan Thompson's game. 
Tristan Thompson, in his first game as in a Bulls uniform, 13 minutes, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, led the Bulls in free throw attempts. And at the end of the day, seeing Tristan Thompson doing what he does is why it is important to have a competent center that you can bet on, right? Backup center, I should say. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that if Tony Bradley was playing this game instead of Tristan Thompson, we probably lose this game. And that's not to just put that all on Tristan Thompson, but that is the impact that he had on this team. Like just the fact of him putting the ball up strong, going up, getting getting foul calls, getting contact, not shying away from that. Those are things that we did not see from, from Tony Bradley very frequently. We saw him in stretches, right? But not very frequently. Um, and, 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 you know, the Bulls only had six offensive rebounds in this whole game, right? Two of those came from Tristan Thompson. Now, I would like to see that happen more. I honestly want to see Tristan Thompson play a little bit more minutes as well. But with that being said, in this game, and as a first game for a Bulls, for as a Bulls player, he had a great first game. Um, and, and and just the him talking to the players out there on defense when he was out there, the, the communication, that's one thing that I've been very vocal about is talking about how Lonzo and Caruso make players around them better defenders when they're in the game with them because of how they communicate. Tristan Thompson does that as well. He brings that veteran-type leadership to a bench that needs it at times. And I really do think as this, as we get more healthy and Io, Caruso, um, get, go move back to the bench, we're going to have one of the best bench units in the NBA. But this was a great game to see from Tristan Thompson to, to, for him to come in and to make an immediate impact. And as the players on this team get more used to him, understand where he likes the ball, how to hit him on certain pick and rolls, um, and trust him a little bit more down low. There, there were times where, like, Kobe didn't see him. And, you know, Kobe, he does that sometimes. Um, but with all that being said, this was a great game to show you the the type of impact that Tristan Thompson can have for this Bulls team. For all the people who ask, well, what can Tristan Thompson still give you? Uh, look at that was just looking at the raw numbers. Tristan Thompson's skill set fits this team so well that it's going to make things so much better uh, for this team and a bench unit, especially when we have a game like we did, like we got from Vooch, in which he didn't give us a lot. And let's go ahead and talk about Vooch. Vooch was four for thirteen from the field uh, last night. He had twelve points, ten rebounds, three assists, three steals. Two blocks. So even though he wasn't scoring efficiently, he didn't shoot the ball well at all. Vooch gave us a lot of things. And I think sometimes people overlook that when it comes to Vooch because we're so used to him scoring. And again, Vooch wasn't as aggressive as I expected him to be in this game. Right. I know Clint Capella um, is, 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 is a good defender. He has that size. But I really expected to see Vooch put the ball on the floor more and operate a little bit better than, than what he did. And as we, as we know with Vooch, if he doesn't get going, it really takes away from a lot of his game. I do like the fact that he he did at one point just stop shooting. Um, and so when you know you don't have it, um, and, and, and you find other way, ways to contribute, and, those, and still for a player to, to have, for us to be talking about a player who had a down game and still contribute a double-double with three assists, two steals, and two blocks, he had a positive impact overall on the game, but we definitely need Vooch to play better. We need him to be more of a factor down low. We need him to hit his his threes and take those open threes and not really focus on the perimeter, which he really didn't do in this game, but he wasn't as aggressive um, and as efficient as what, what we usually need to see from Vooch. And another player that I want to talk about who didn't have the quite the impact that that I would have hoped that they had is Kobe White. Kobe White, who overall, he scored nine points. He hit some key buckets for us in the fourth quarter, so I do want to point that out as well. He played with foul trouble. Kobe White had five fouls, I think, in, in towards the beginning of the third quarter. So because of that, he played with foul trouble in this game. Was still able to have a positive plus minus of plus six, two assists, four for a 10 shooting, one for four from three. Like I said, that stat line is not going to cut it. And that is not what we've come to expect from Kobe over the last, the last stretch and, and how he's been able to contribute. But with that being said, he still 
did some things for us um, in, in the key stretch in the game, and he played pretty well for us in that stretch. But we definitely need Kobe to be more consistent and, and to have a better game than this. If Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic have their typical games, this game is a blowout, period. This game is a blowout. But, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, you can't bet on that. Also, another player that I wanted to talk about, Javante Green, who was only one for five from the field. The stat line doesn't show what, what Javante Green's um, impact on this, on this game was. He had a positive plus-minus of plus 10, the highest plus-minus of anybody on the team, even with DeMar DeRozan's game. Javante. And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money. Bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit. Knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Tay Green had the highest plus minus of any player on this team, and that goes to show you the impact that that Javante Green, what Javante Green brings, isn't always going to be on the stat sheet. I think we we for he had a stretch there in which he was scoring in double digits, um, but it's not always going to show. Javante Green is just a hustler. He's a player, and I guarantee you, he's a player that a lot of teams on the on the opposing end they hate. He annoys them. Javante Green. I, I do want, I, I just wanted to talk about him because he does a lot of the little nitty gritty things that we need on the team. That's going to be key for playoff runs. That's what Javante Green brings as well. Derrick Jones Jr. He played his 20 minutes, uh, seemed to, to kind of be favoring his hand a little bit. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball. He didn't make a single basket. Uh, he did have two points. He had a plus minus of negative six. But overall, you know, Derrick Jones Jr., we know he's still working himself back. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. as well. He Troy Brown did some things out there in the 17 minutes. I think what we understand, what we know is that Troy Brown Jr. is not going to be getting minutes when everybody's healthy. No Matt Thomas in this game. No Malcolm Hill in this game. Um, no Tony Bradley in this game. So all those things, everything coming around. The Bulls played, like I said, pretty well. Now some of the, some of the the the, the negatives that I want to get on on this game. The Bulls not being able to hold on to another lead, which I told you, and I don't want to drill that home. Overall, the Bulls got the win, and that's the good thing. But the Bulls giving up these leads. Worry me because I'm looking at this team in the sense of, of a playoff team. They're going to be playing such great competition throughout the playoffs. The Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be a fucking doozy. And because of that, um, you know, giving up leads, not being able to maintain leads, especially when you play some of the better teams and teams that are just game planning for you, can be concerning in the playoffs. The Bulls giving up another third quarter. They got outscored in the third quarter only by two points. But again, that has been a trend that we've seen over the course of the season and one that really hurts the Bulls in the long run. So the Bulls, you know, giving up, they started this game out on a 10-0 run. They won the first quarter, 24-19, uh, and then they lost the second and third quarters, right? So that, you know, giving up those leads, at one point, uh, I think the biggest lead that the Hawks had was four, even though the Bulls led pretty much throughout the game, but not being able to really put their foots on uh, their feet, foots, their foot feet on other teams' necks and, and stop them out and hold on to those leads or something it's is something that's concerning to me let me know what you guys think about it down below am i am i blowing it out of proportion does it concern you as well um another thing with the bulls that concern me in this game 16 assists on 41 made buckets as we know this bulls team is way more dangerous when they stay around that 25 to 30 assist range right if the bulls are in that 25 30 assist range that means that uh players the, the ball movement is usually there players are, are hitting their shots and so you know, that 16 assists on 41 made buckets, especially in the game where you give up leads, get, gave up a lead, it does concern me as well. Gallinari, they let Gallinari go off in the second half. And that really is what made this game a little bit tighter in the second half. Him and Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, 
Bogdanovich. There's no M in his name. Why did I just put an M there? <laughs> Bogdanovich with 27 points as well. Uh, Gallinari had 26 points. Those are the players that really killed us in this game. When you look at Clint Capella had at 14 and 17, right? But he had a, a, a negative, um, a plus minus of, of negative five. But Gallinari with the 26 points. Bogdanovich with, with uh, the, the 14 points. They had the highest plus minuses uh, of any player on the team. And those are the type of players that kill us. And that's another thing that worries me when it comes to this Bulls team. Is it seems we let role players go off um, almost in every game especially in the close games. And so I'd like to see that tighten up some. Now I know we're missing key defenders in Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball and what Patrick Williams can bring back. You you would expect Patrick Williams can really do some things with, with a player like Gallinari. So all those things being being what they are, I understand it, but I did want to point those out as well because those are things that concern me, especially going into a game against a team like Memphis. Now we'll talk about that here in a second. One thing that I do want to ask before we talk about that Memphis game though is DeMar DeRozan. Where does DeMar DeRozan rank for you in the MVP voting. For me, at this point on this run that he is, if he gets to 10 games with this run, that's a historic measure. He's breaking records. He's breaking things that haven't been done since the 60s in the NBA and by big men at that, right? That Wilt Chamberlain record, you know, that's Wilt. Wilt was huge. And most of those were layups and dunks. So what DeMar is doing right now is historic. And because of that, I understand the season that Embiid's having. I understand the season that Jokic is having. I understand the season that John Moran is having. But for me, I, in fairness, right, of course, as a Bulls homer, I want to say that that DeMar should be first in MVP voting, but I've, I honestly think he should be second. DeMar DeRozan, if he keeps this going and how far the Bulls make it, how many wins the Bulls, well, not far because the MVP voting doesn't matter. Uh, playoffs don't matter for MVP, MVP voting. But with that being said, how far, the, how many wins this team gets? I keep saying the 55 win mark is so important as far as like a postseason awards and, you know, coaching awards, front office awards for this team. I really do think that we need to start realizing that there is a chance that DeMar DeRozan can win the MVP. No longer, I've been saying for the longest part of the season is that DeMar is definitely going to steal some votes. At the beginning of the season, I can, well, towards the beginning, I compared it to Joe Kim Noah's season in which he got some MVP votes. And that's why I thought this was going to end for DeMar DeRozan. But as this goes on, as he keeps being consistent, as he keeps breaking records, I'm starting to realize that, no, DeMar DeRozan can win the MVP this season. He very well can win the MVP this season. And it would be deserved. No matter what happens, regardless of postseason awards, the season that DeMar DeRozan is having is spectacular. And it's something that is, we're witnessing something special. And I think sometimes we don't realize and talk about just how special it is because how effortless it looks for DeMar DeRozan to do these type of things. But DeMar DeRozan is definitely an MVP in, in many seasons, he would have been he would have been the, the front runner for MVP, uh, depending on uh, what else is going on in the NBA with this type of season that he's having. And hats off to, for DeMar DeRozan being that steady hand, the king of the fourth quarter um, and everything for the Chicago Bulls. Let's go ahead and end this video talking about the Bulls game coming up against Memphis. Now, John Moran got hurt last night, so there's speculation being left open if he's going to play for that game on Saturday. If he does not play for the game or play in that game, it definitely makes things easier on the Bulls for sure, but you still don't want to overlook a team like Memphis. Either way, what the Bulls need to do, I want to see them fix a lot of the things that went wrong in this game. I want to see more assists. I want to see better ball movement. I want to see more consistent shooting. I want to see Vooch have the type of impact that we know Vooch can have, right? I want to see Vooch come in and have just a game in which he, he scores efficiently. He passes the ball a little bit better. Um, All those type of things I want to see from Vooch. Um, in the next game, and then as well as Kobe White. Kobe White needs to get back on track, but overall, overall with this team, I need to see that defensive in intensity to come back, 
I need to see forcing more turnovers and taking care of the ball on the offensive end. The Bulls in this game last night had seven turnovers in the, in the first half. They only ended the game with eight turnovers, so they were able to pull that together. But I want to see a better turnover ratio overall for the Bulls, them not to give up any big turnovers like that. No big runs from the Bulls. This game against Memphis, it, it, you know, depending on if John Morant plays or not, it can completely change the way that this game is going to look. But overall, nothing needs to change for our team. I want to see how Tristan Thompson continues to meld with this team, how the players continue to get used to him as he continues to fit in this role and shows and shows everyone the world of what he's going to be able to do for this Bulls team. But overall, very excited for a game like Memphis. Uh, I want to see John Morant play. I hope John Morant plays in the game because I love watching John Morant play. And overall, I want the Bulls to beat the best competition. One of the things that I've said and I've stuck to with the Bulls in this latter half of the season, latter quarter of the season, is I want to see them beat the best teams. And because of that, I want to see them beat Memphis fully healthy, a team that already has 40 wins. Um, so, yeah, I want to see that. The Bulls sit 39-21 right now with 22 games left to play in the season. It's a good time to be a Bulls fan, people. Um, but that's it for me for today. Make sure you follow the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text, or a voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I liked it and everything on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.